Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Tommy Butts, Extension Weed Scientist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. And thank you for joining us today for uh, this week's uh, uh, Weeds Are Wild podcast. Uh, this week, I happen to be joined by my graduate student, master student Noah Reed. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about his research projects that are uh, funded by the USDA National Institute for Food and Agriculture uh, and looking at some different cultural practices for weed control and rice. Um, but before we jump into you know some of his results and things like that, I just wanted to throw it over to him to let him introduce himself and uh, just give a little background on him and what he's hoping to do when he's all done with uh, with his master's degree here. So Noah, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me today, Dr. Butts. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm glad I can be here talking about some of the stuff I've seen the last year and also this, this growing season too that'll be in my research. So I actually grew up in Cabot, Arkansas. Uh, so I'm a native. Uh, got my bachelor's at Arkansas State University. Graduated, graduated there in 2020. Really didn't know what I wanted to do. I grew up in cattle operation, but I had a plant and soil science degree and then I happened to find Dr. Butts. And so I ended up starting on my master's degree and uh, I'd like to either start scouting or find another home in industry somewhere along chemical or anything along that lines. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. No, I appreciate it. Uh, And I appreciate you joining me today just to to chat a little bit about some of these results. Um, So first of all, um, you know, again, I wanted to mention that, that a lot of his projects and a lot of his uh, his funding is provided through the USDA NIFA. And so that was a great opportunity from a federal agency to give us some funding to help uh, get this project off the ground. And that's in addition to, you know, the other funds that we get from the Arkansas Rice Research and Promotion Board and some other USDA uh, ARS sources. So I appreciate all of that funding. Um, but based on these specific projects, what we really were trying to investigate was you know, a drill spacing effect on weed control. And if we start, you know, changing up our, our widths of our drill spacings for, for plant and rice, how might that impact our weed control? Um, so Noah, you know, first of all, just why, why is it important that we investigate these drill spacings or even just in general, other weed management strategies outside of just chemical control? Yeah, so it's a, some good points there you made. Uh, I mean, obviously the first one you think of is herbicide resistance and you know, along that line, some barnyard grass and Palmer amaranth is making it very hard to control nowadays with a lot of these chemical options. So we need to investigate other ways that we may be able to manipulate our rice production and produce better results. And, you know, on that on that front, uh, some environmental concerns, you know, it's getting more heavy regulated out there on uh, the chemical front, too. So we need these other options for covering these hardy weeds that we're not able to stop. That's right. Really just trying to throw as many things as we can at it, right? Have more tools in the toolbox. Every little bit adds up and helps. So yes, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's great to, uh, a great reason why we're trying to investigate some of these other things. So just diving into your projects, you know, what specific drill spacings uh, are you investigating? So I actually uh, look at four different drill spacings in all of my studies, uh, starting with the five inch, a seven and a half inch, which is the most common and the most used one in the state of Arkansas. And then we also have the 10-inch and the 15-inch, which when you get out there thinking about it, 15-inch in rice is very It looks crazy. Wide. Yeah, it looks crazy in your trials to see 15 inches out there. Yes, it's, a, it's a very unique experience to see 15-inch rice. <laughs> but when you get into it and you start looking at it that way and you, 
you think of, you know, our soybean production or any of that, you know, there's other, we want to try to match that and maybe, you know, make it easier on the producers to be able to keep along that lines and have, you know, if they are to get precision ag planting plates for rice and so it would make it easier on them just to be able to throw the plates in and their planter and roll on if they needed to plant soybeans or rice or, you know, corn of anything of that front. So if this 15 inch is still able to, you know, have good weed control, then it wouldn't be a bad option for the producers to have. Yeah. And, and like our, you know, soybean or cotton or corn with the seed singulation possibilities and everything else with our precision planters, you know, if all of that could get transferred into the rice industry too and have a very precise placement of our seed, that could be uh, that could be a huge benefit too, as well as, a, you know, for establishing a good stand and getting a nice uniform emergence and everything else. There's some real positive capabilities there, capable potential, at least, if we would move towards some of those precision options. But like Noah mentioned, that all boils down to, you know, do, is that going to really negatively affect our weed control or not? Because we're already limited in options, putting us on a, of course. in another, you know, back pocket corner there would really hurt. So, um, great. Um, outside of that, uh, I mean, I guess just talking about those, those drill spacings and the fact that we've got some, you know, the real narrow rows of five inch up to that real wide row of 15 inch, as far as canopy coverage, what does that kind of look like? Cause I know you're taking some drone imagery and, and some different images to try and really assess that canopy coverage, but what does that look like as far as their, their canopy closures between those, those drill spacings? Yeah, of course. Uh, whenever you think about it, you know, canopy coverage while looking at just the drill spacing aspect i mean that's the main thing is you know reaching that canopy coverage point to be able to prevent other weeds from coming up and so uh you know the five inch canopy you know it's closing a lot earlier closer near the flood timing you know you're smaller the seven and a half to you know even some of the tens but then you start getting up into that 15 range and uh it's closing closer to the joint movement so it's just having that delayed reaction and you can actually see from an aerial point of view you know how much the weed pressure is coming compared to that narrower drill width spacing. Yeah. I think that's, what's been interesting to me is that the, the fact that the 15s can close their canopy, like I wasn't even sure at first that they would ever close their canopy, but they can get a closed canopy, but it takes a, a significantly a, a longer period of time for it to get there. And in that time, there's just a lot more opportunities for weeds to germinate and break through the canopy. Of course. And like that, you said, we're noticing that in yeah, the that, images. That delayed, I mean, just from looking at images, you can see that delayed reaction and, you know, that negative effect it's having on for the weed control. So, yeah. So generally when we're talking about the drill spacing's effect on weed control, I know you had some data from last year and we're collecting more data this year yet. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about is, is preliminary data, but, you know, based on, you know, some of your initial findings and stuff from last year and observations this year, you know, is it pretty, does it look like it's pretty significant that narrow rows are reducing our weed pressure? Uh, do you think producers could succeed with 15 inch rows? What's it kind of, what's in your opinion, what's it kind of look so like? So last year's data actually, you know, analyzing that, which, you know, this year I haven't, but being out there in the field, we've actually seen it. But so you start getting on that narrower, that five to seven and a half and 10, you can actually, you can see it for one this year. And two, there's actually, you know, data to back it up that it is, has better weed control than the 15 inch. And so, I mean, the producers may be able to succeed with 15-inch rows, but, you know, they're going to have to find other ways to control the weed control. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to produce the yields they need to to match the five, seven and a half, and even the tens is still, you know, all three of those are pretty even compared to the 15s. 
So probably things like uh, getting even more residuals out there and overlapping residuals as much as possible would be really critical in 15s and maybe even trying to bring the flood a little earlier. Of something course. Those lines. And, uh, yeah. you know, and as a, you know, planting a hybrid compared to an inbred as a 15s, because it's going to have that prolific growth, which you're going to want it to try to produce that canopy. Otherwise, you know, that inbred rice might not be able to do it. It's going to be harder on the weed control. Well, and speaking of that cultivar impact, so I know we've got a study looking at that too, you know, canopy closure and weed control. And out of your initial results, like I would agree with you too, with your statement right there, right? The hybrid has a much higher probability of being able to tiller and, and fill that space in better. But in our cultivar study, have you seen an impact yet oh, cool. on canopy closure? So actually we haven't, you know, we haven't seen that aspect, but with this next year, you know, data, we, we might actually be able to see it you know, when everything's all together, which we haven't seen it from last year's data. No, and that's a good point. Cause like you said too, it, it, maybe we didn't see it last year, maybe we will this year. But the other thing is, is it might be one of those situations where we don't see it necessarily, but if there's, of course, a, if it's, it's going to fail, it's where it could we fail. Can see it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, as far as row rice goes, we do have a study in row rice too, looking at the drill spacings and the bed widths. You know, if we're, if we got our furrows spaced on thirties, 38s or 60 inches, uh, and we're doing these studies across the state at multiple locations. So I think you got three locations this year. In, in well, the four, state, yeah. and one, yeah, yeah, one in Mississippi. So That's right. Actually. So yeah, so Mississippi State over there, uh, Hunter Bowman and Jason Bond are collaborating with us as well. And so they're replicating these studies. And so yeah, so four locations total this year, three in Arkansas. I had two in Arkansas last year and one in Mississippi last year too. So a lot of a lot of data coming in for this project. Correct. But uh, on the on the row rice side of things, have you noticed anything with the drill spacing or bed widths? So um, last year's data, you know, we saw kind of the similar results that we've seen in the other studies with the drill spacing that the narrower was producing better weed control than the, the wider drill spacings. But on the furrow, you know, on the bed widths, we haven't seen any differences that are significant that you would want to see, you know, for different bed, bed widths. No, and that makes sense too. And I would say that might be a little bit of a factor of our set up with our small plot research if we uh got into a field scenario and we, especially this year when it's been so dry and so hot it's been a tr challenge for a lot of people running water and keeping everything mm -hmm. as watered as they need to be if you don't get those beds completely wicked in the centers we might have a lot more emergence or something at the top of the bed than we would in in, in other scenarios but with our small plots we've been able to keep it wicked really well no matter that that bed width and it does seem like it's been pretty yes, successful sir. So one of the final things on your projects I wanted to hit on too, another aspect was looking at nozzle selection and how that might impact co um, spray coverage, but also weed control. So, you know, the different nozzles we tested, uh, we had some single fans and dual fans in there and different droplet sizes ranging from, you know, a fine to a medium spray all the way up to like an ultra coarse spray. So Noah, what have you seen on that front as far as coverage goes? So on the coverage, of course, uh, so we've seen our, on our, uh, you know, our smaller droplet sizes, they produce a greater coverage compared to our coarser droplet sizes. We did not see any uh, weed, different weed control between the droplets, but I mean, we did see a, a coverage standpoint. And uh, I mean, if you're going to have problems with weed control, it's going to go to the, you know, the broader, you know, the coverage that's getting less coverage compared to the greater coverage, you're going to get less weed control. Yeah. So I just want to reemphasize that because that's a great point from Noah is the fact that, you know, in our initial findings so far now, it may change this year again, but you know, in our initial findings, we didn't see a weed control effect based on our nozzle selection, but we saw a pretty significant coverage difference depending on the droplet cool. size. And so like Noah said, if you're going to have a failure, it's going to fail where you had less coverage. And so making sure that we can maximize that is, is really important. 
Now, have we, did you notice at all between the single so, fan or dual fans a difference? At on all? the single fan and dual fan, we actually have two different uh, dual fan nozzles and then three single fans. And uh, the dual fan nozzles, you would think, would produce a greater coverage getting the you know two different lines coming out. But we did not see greater coverage from any of the single fans compared to the dual fans. It basically just boiled down to a droplet size yep, effect. Yeah, back right? to the yeah. droplet si- size effect. And... Awesome. Well, that's really great, Noah. Did you have uh, any, you know anything final that you wanted to, to talk about with your projects or anything else you wanted to add? No, I just wanted to say thank you. That's everyone that's helped me on it, which, of course, we still have you know harvest and all that on my, all my projects, and I'll be curious to see what this year's data produce you know, compared to last year's data and find my all of my findings, my initial findings on everything and, you know, really close it up and see what see what all of this is about. So Yeah, no, that's great. And and so just to reemphasize too, like we said, we wanted to emphasize this is some preliminary results between last year's and just some, you know, initial looks into this year. Noah's gonna be taking all this data and summarizing it over the winter and and hopefully between the two of us we'll be either presenting in more podcasts or meetings or other things this winter to really uh, kind of solidify some of these results and, and what the impacts might be if we move to more precision ag approaches or even what our standard approaches look like right now. So that's great. Um, just a few other real quick tidbits I wanted to hit on. You know, as always, outreach, if you ever uh, you know need to get a hold of us, feel free to contact us with any questions, any ideas for podcasts, all those kinds of things, let us know. Make sure to check out our website, uh, uaex.uada.edu forward slash weeds. Uh, grab an MP44 from your local county extension office or download them from all line, online. Uh, it's got all of the information you know that we could possibly have in there. And uh, it's just a great handy guide to have for, for any kind of questions as far as rates and timings and all that kind of stuff. And if you haven't yet, sign up for our text service. You just need to text WEEDS to 501-300-8883. And we try and pump out as much information through that directly to your phones as well. So just wanted to, uh, to get those outreach things out there. Once again, I just wanted to say thank you to USDA NIFA, USDA ARS, and the Arkansas Rice Research and Promotion Board uh, for contributing funding that's, that's to this research as well as these extension outreach events and just providing these opportunities for both NOAA and myself uh, to be able to do, conduct this research and, and publicize it as much as possible. So I really appreciate that. And thank you to all, all of you listeners as well as for joining us for this podcast and continuing to tune in and, and get this information from us. So I appreciate that as well. Uh, so with that, any last comments from you, Noah? Uh, just thank you, Dr. Butts, for having me on. This is a you know a cool experience, and it, you know anytime I get the chance to talk about any of my research, it's it's an exciting. So awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining me, and I appreciate you doing all the hard work this summer. It's been r- really great, and you've done a, r- a really great job. So I appreciate it all, Noah. Thank you. So with that, thank you all again, and uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.